0: All right, guys, fellows, ladies—if we have any of that are listening, pretty much just everyone. Um, it has been a while since I have said welcome back to the MI Prime podcast, but today we are back. Uh, last week I tweeted out just once. Uh, I don't know if, if you guys saw it or not, but I did get a mild concussion last week, so uh, really probably only had like three four five ish plays or something last week which uh if you know me that is not like me at all so yeah i took a little break from betting uh really didn't like looking at a computer screen for that long didn't have much focus all that stuff so much needed break but um we are back after the all-star break so we got that break too it's really just been a while uh i've Woke up today fucking mad. Like I'm Trey Palmer, bro. I woke up today mad. Um, I got right in the lab. Been in the lab for a fucking while now. Like, I am. I was dialed in. Locked in eight plays. So I have a ton to talk about today. And uh, let's turn the ship around, man. Let's turn the ship around and finish the season strong. Going into the playoffs strong. Because playoffs are my bread and butter. No, we're going to do good in that. We just got to finish the season strong. So, let's hope that starts today. I actually have eight plays today. And it's only Tuesday, bro. Like, this is for a Thursday slate. So, I might have, like, 15 plays on my card. But honestly, man, it's a massive slate. You have all this time to research. Like, usually you don't want to over-saturate the bets to all one day, right? Um, But, like, this is just different, man. You have so much time to research. You have so much... um, like like I said, man, it's fucking it's Tuesday and like all the lines are out. You have so much time to research. Um, all of us betters, I'm sure, have been itching to get at it. So that's what we're gonna do. All right, uh, first play that I locked in, um, Marvin Bagley. He's on the Wizards, over 19 and a half points and rebounds. So Marvin Bagley. Let me quick see current odds on that. Perfect, still the same, minus 128 at DK is still currently available at time of recording this little potter. So Marvin Bagley, why am I betting on Marvin Bagley? So he's kind of had some funky minutes in some some games with the Wizards, like he's came off the bench for Gafford. With all that being said, he's cleared this line in 7 out of 11 games with Washington. He's over in 5 out of 5 games with 25 or more minutes. Uh, He's averaging 22.1 points and rebounds per 24 1 minutes per game which is what he is averaging with Washington um, and that is equivalent to 27 and a half points and rebounds per, per 30 minutes so Ben absolutely crushing 19 and a half lines uh, Bagley he was dealing with a back issue uh, he missed some time he had a couple lower minute games uh, post the gaffer trade when he was starting um, I'm kind of chalking that up he had a, so he had a 15 minute game he had a 28 minute game which is fine and a 30 minute game which is also fine but um, I'm chalking up that first 15-minute game to maybe keeping it, keeping it easy on his back or something like that. So, yeah, uh, all-star break. Obviously, you have a guy who's dealing with injury. Uh, that should help him get get much healthier all that time off. And given he's Bagley on the Wizards, he's really the only true center with Gafford Gunn. Um, they have Rashawn Holmes, but he's very undersized. He doesn't play much to begin with. And uh, you're playing Denver. You're playing Jokic. You need to play a big man against them. So I think that Bagley... Should be in line for around 30 to 32 minutes or so here. Uh, this is a very, very good spot, in my opinion. You know, I talk about spot games a lot of time. Sometimes I always be and Sometimes it's bullshit. But I think this is a really good spot game. Um, Jokic, he notoriously doesn't, like, come out aggressive against bad teams, especially at home. Uh, Denver's 15-point favorites against Washington at home here. Um, other guys in Denver can st- can step up. Uh, so what does that mean? So if Jokic doesn't come out aggressive... Uh, that means he's that Bagley's at much less risk for foul trouble. Um, rebound should be easier if Jokic isn't the one shooting the ball. So yeah, um, Jokic, he also offers little to no rim protection, as we all know. And, uh, I think it might be even worse here against a bad team where like effort levels might be down. So because of this, I think that Bagley should have a solid night on the glass. Um, if Jokic doesn't come out like as aggressive as he usually does. And also just like Bagley's a very efficient, permanent score. And, uh, Jokic, not a scary matchup whatsoever. Uh, Bagley, he had 21 points and rebounds in just 18 minutes off the bench against Denver a couple weeks ago. Um, Gafford's gone, so like 18 minutes, obviously that should not happen. Um, So yeah, uh, I've been trying to like play devil's advocate to my plays a little bit more. So where I see this play going wrong is if uh, Jokic comes out super aggressive uh, for whatever reason. Uh, Murray, he is questionable and maybe doesn't play, so that could definitely hurt. Uh, yeah, so if Jokic comes on trouble, Marvin Bagley's clutzing it up, gets into foul trouble, I mean, that would hurt his, like, that would hurt everything if he gets into foul trouble because of Jokic being super aggressive. But, yeah, man, just just knowing Jokic, man, like, this dude, like, he's going to fucking treat this shit like an all-star game. Like, he just wants to pass, wants to get his teammates going. Like, that's just who Jokic is, and especially if Murray plays, I highly doubt that Jokic, like, comes out of this game aggressive Now... On the other hand, like, if the Wizards come out and start fucking them up, uh, and, like, Jokic needs to be aggressive, then, um, then yeah, that could happen too. But also, it's like, if that happens, and ba- then Bagley probably had, like, a pretty good first half. So, I'm not too concerned about that. So, yeah, first play, Marvin Bagley over 19.5 points and rebounds, minus 120 at DK. Next one, I played LeBron James... Of the Lakers, if you guys didn't know who LeBron James is, um, LeBron James, some random fucking dude, over 38 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. That was minus 125 at DK when I posted it to Double Club. Uh, current odds are are current. Okay, so yeah, there's actually a minus 120 out at 365 right now, and there's minus 125 still at MGM, DK, Caesars. So perfectly still playable, the exact same line. So, LeBron, um, he's old. We all know this. Uh, He's been dealing with ankle issues all year. Uh, This rest is very, very important for LeBron. Uh, Obviously, he played in the All-Star game, but um, he only played like 13, 14 minutes or so. So, yeah. Rest is very great, very important for a guy like LeBron. Uh, So, this is a Lakers at Golden State game. LeBron versus Steph. I'm just kind of going off of gut feeling. Uh, I didn't really look up most into this. I know I had a double overtime game earlier, but these games just always seem to be ultra competitive. Uh, Braun should be aggressive in this spot. And uh, yeah, man, should be a close game. Like just Braun, Steph, these games are always, always, always competitive, man. Uh, He had 68, exclamation point, exclamation point, which is what I said in my (laughs) write-up. 68 PRA versus the Warriors this year. Uh, however, the game, it, it did go to double overtime, but in regulation, he did have 48 PRA. So, yeah, regulation, 48 PRA, that is a lot more than 38 and a half. And yeah, like I said, man, games games between Bron and Steph seem to be really competitive with 30 or more minutes this year, which he obviously will get if the game is semi-competitive. Uh, he's over the line in 25 out of 40 games. He has 37 or more PRA in 32 out of 40, so just a bucket away. And, yeah, man, I'm like, if this game's close, it's going to be like 35, 36 minutes or so. Um, and, yeah, man, like, like I said, spot games. I know I said spot earlier, but this really is a good spot, man. Like, it's a long season. LeBron at this age, he's not going to be super aggressive every night. Um, and yeah, man, extended rest, all that stuff. Just a really good spot. Uh, I do want to note that LeBron did not play in the second half of an All-Star game and uh, got listed as questionable for this game. However, LeBron is literally listed questionable in every fucking game and uh, not playing the second half of the All-Star game could just be like a, something that they had pre-planned. Like, okay, like LeBron been dealing with this ankle issue. Like, why are we going to, like, Darvin, Ham made the call to Finchie and said, yeah, bro, you better not fucking put LeBron in the second half. So <laughs> I think it's more of that. I'm not worried about uh, that he might have, like, re-aggravated it or anything. And he's he's got rest anyway. So, yeah, I'm not concerned about that either. Next play, we got a uh, an under, a lightning and the under for a player who actually plays at the speed of lightning. Uh, we got, I played De'Aaron Fox under six and a half assists, locked it in at minus one away to FanDuel. Let's check the current odds on that one. De'Aaron swipe of the Fox. We got him current odds. Okay. Uh, best odds are minus one fifteen at three sixty five, and it's widely available at minus one twenty five or better. Completely playable at that as well. So De'Aaron Fox, why am I playing this one? Not gonna spend a lot of time. This is just a pure hit rate play. Uh, I don't think this number should exist. Should exist. I think it should be at five and a half. So Fox, he's under in thirty three out of forty eight games this year, but he's been like trending down. Like he started off the year like being a solid sister, but it's just been trending down from there. He's under in twenty four out of his last thirty games. Lead hit rate. He's only averaging five assists per game over that span. Sabonis, so he really just runs the show on offense. He's like from a facil- from a facilitating standpoint, he really just runs the show on offense. Um, yeah, they're playing the Spurs. I'm not gonna argue anything here about like they are shit defense. They allow a ton of assists, but I just think six and a half is like an assist too high. So um, and why? I got a little bit of data actually to back that up. So he, so De'Aaron Fox, he hasn't had a six and a half assist line since January fifth. And he hasn't had a five and a half assist line for ten straight games. So this weird jump, his, his assist line has literally been at four and a half the last ten games. And then he has a good assist game before the all star break. This line jumps up two assists because of a good matchup and a good assist game before the all star break. This is just a perfect spot to sell in my opinion, man. Like like I said, I'm not gonna argue that it's like not a good matchup, but just really not his role in the offense to be a facilitator. So um yeah, six and a half too high, take the under got another under uh i went with Jakob purtle of the toronto raptors under 12 and a half points minus 105 at dk so Jakob purtle um he currently has okay perfect so best odds out there minus 106 at caesars that's perfect worst available line is minus 108 or minus 118 at fanduel so that means it's very widely available so why am I fading Big Jakob? So Purtle, um, he's played two games with Kelly Olinick that he that Olenek completed. Uh, Purtle only logged 21 and 20 minutes in those two games. Now this is kind of important, and I played it anyways. So let's hope that I get some good variance here. But Kelly Olenek did leave the last game with a back injury. Uh, but with extended rest, I'd I'd assume that he's back. And it, and even if like Olenek's not back the Nets are just like a very small ball team. Like you do not have to play a big man against the Nets. So basically like Pirtle, he's had times this year when he's like the only center on the team, right? So he's had a lot of like massive minute games. Uh, Even if Olenek doesn't play, like I really just don't see ceiling minutes for him against this Nets team that you do not have to go big against at all. So obviously we hope that Olenek plays and I kind of assume that he plays, but if he doesn't, I don't think it's the end of the world. Uh, Pirtle, on the year, he's under in 25 out of 44 games this year, so nice hit rate. He's only averaging 11 points per game. Uh, if Linux plays, it's very likely that he plays 28 or less minutes, and if that's the case, he's under in 20 out of 26 games. So yeah, the spike minute games really inflate his hit rate on this prop to the over. Uh, they're playing the Nets. Claxton, very, very solid rim protector, very solid at defending centers, especially ones that uh, aren't able to, like, aren't super strong and can't just, like, physically dominate him because Claxton is pretty uh, pretty skinny, not the strongest guy, but um Pirtle, not his game. So, yeah, Claxton, solid run protector, tough matchup. Uh, also, <clears throat> the Nets, they allow the fewest points per game to the pick-and-roll men. Uh, Pirtle is very reliant on scoring through the pick-and-roll uh, because, like, this dude really can't create for himself at all. Uh, Brooklyn, they're a switch-heavy team given their personnel. And uh, I just don't think, even with Jacques Vaughn getting fired, finally, but (laughs) even with Jacques Vaughn getting fired, uh, I really don't think that they switched that scheme much. Uh, They hired an internal guy. Um, Yeah, man, so their scheme has allowed the the fewest points per game to the pick and roll man, and I don't see that scheme being switched up. Uh, Pirtle, he played against the Nets with Claxton this year, only got up five shot attempts, only scored six points, played 25 minutes so this is just not a good matchup this is a really good number too man 12 and a half because Pirtle is like yeah he might go like one for two at the free throw line but he's never going to shoot a three so like getting an even or getting a like he can finish at 12 and uh stay under I think that's a very key number so if it if it does dip down to 11 and a half I'd stay away but 12 and a half tough matchup good hit rate towards the under and uh let's hope that uh Long-haired beauty Kelly Olynyk suits up for this one. Next one, we're betting on a role player to hit some threes, uh, which just screams variance. <laughs> but um, I do really like this price, and I like this uh, like this matchup a ton analytically. Which uh, betting analy- analytically analytically never seems to go well for me, but trusting the data here. I went with Al Horford over one and a half three-pointers made at plus 114 at FanDuel. Al Horford, let's see. That line moved to minus 104. Oh, damn. Okay. Um, definitely less value. I would still give it a play, though, in 104. Probably play it up to, like, minus 110-ish. So, Al Horford, um, he has cleared this line in only 14 out of 30 games with Chris Stapps and 19 or more minutes. Uh, he's done... Played 19 or more minutes with Chris Stapps in last 28 games. So, yeah, uh, not an amazing hit rate, but this is, like, the best possible matchup in the NBA for him. Uh, Horford, he has the second-highest catch-and-shoot three-point frequency, which means that um, he has the second-highest amount, second-highest percent of his shots being catch-and-shoot threes on the team uh, behind Sam Hauser. So, like, at this stage of the career, if, if you might be, like, an old head or, like, Maybe even like my age or some shit. You might think of Al Horford like, oh yeah, he's this dude giving the ball in the post, bro. He's he's tough down low. But uh, no, nah, he doesn't do that anymore in his career. He's really just a catch and shoot three-pointer, three-point guy. So last 15 games, uh, if you have been kept keeping up with the Bulls, I mean, like they've been like this all year, but I use the last 15 data. Last 15 games, the Bulls, they allow the highest catch and shoot three-point frequency, and it's like by a wide margin. Uh, They also allow the most catch-and-shoot three-pointer makes in the league over the span as well. So, like I said, this is what Horford does. This is what his game is. And the Bulls are just a perfect matchup to get those catch-and-shoot three-pointers up. So, yeah, man, at plus money, man, uh, I guess it's not plus money anymore. But at plus money, I just think that this is a great bet. Um, He went four for six from deep against the Bulls this year. And, yeah, man, three-point props from bench guys. They have a ton of variance, but... This bet just feels very aneclitally anal- <laughs> sound, and uh, I think this price just has a nice value. Like, I'd probably have this juice to the over, you know? So, yeah, great, great matchup for L. Horford. Great price on that bet as well. Next one, we're going back to the Undas. Um, I'm going to fade Mr. Clay Thompson under 16.5 points. Uh, Played this at minus 118 at FanDuel. Clay Thompson... Clay Tompy okay so there's still a minus 124 out there for 16 and a half if you have access to bet rivers oh there's a plus 100 for 15 and a half at FanDuel I think that's a decent price getting it at plus 100 um, let's see is there any combo lines that might have value uh, okay I think that under 17 and a half points in assists too I think that might be a decent value at, yeah, honestly man if anything any clay unders I think have good value here and I'll explain why in a little bit. So, Clay, uh, my reasoning for going under 16 and a half points for Clay. Uh, Steve Kerr, he said that Clay will come off the bench for the foreseeable future, in quotation marks. So, yeah, he played amazing last game, right? But, like, so did Pods, who's the guy who's starting in front of him. And the Warriors won the game, which, like, if you're the coach, that's your fucking job. So, like, they win the game. You don't want to switch things up, right? So, I- I'd just be shocked if they go back to starting Clay. So last game for Clay, he scored 35 points off the bench. He played amazing. Obviously, if he scored 35 points, that's really good. Uh, he also closed the game, and he still finished the game with 28 minutes only. So what that tells me, 28, 30 minutes, I think that's like an absolute ceiling for Clay off the bench. Um, with 30 or less minutes for Clay this year, he's under this line in 14 out of 23 games, and like he's been weirdly much worse at home. So with 30 or less minutes at home, he's under in 11 out of 13 games. So yeah, man, just a good, good uh, hit rate, obviously, and good hit rate being at home, which is where they are today. Uh, last fifteen games, the Lakers they allow the seventh lowest catch and shoot frequency and the seventh lowest catch and shoot field goals made. Um, obviously, that's Clay's bread and butter with scoring. So yeah, man, uh, really not. It's not an ideal matchup for Clay and how he scores his points. And uh, with the move to the bench, like his minute ceiling is just gonna take a pretty big hit. Like, imagine if Clay doesn't play good. If Clay doesn't play good, like what's he gonna play like 20, 24 minutes or so? Like if you gotta score seventeen, like or even if Clay's like minutes just don't go good, Pods plays good. Like there's just like a lot of outs for this one man. Like I don't see Clay playing massive minutes, and I think that it's a sneakily tough matchup. I like that the game is playing, being played in the Bay. Uh, where Clay has struggled this year too. Next one, going back to the safety blanket, the comfort zone, the over bets. <laughs> I played uh, Paul George over four and a half rebounds, uh, minus one thirty-five at Caesars. I've really just locked this in, so I really hope this didn't move. Paul George, um, yeah, still at minus one thirty-five at Caesars, minus one forty at three sixty-five, minus one forty at DraftKings. I probably wouldn't play it past like minus one forty-five because that's getting to the to the high sea level of juice, you know you don't want to be, you don't want to be fucking drinking that high sea on a rebounding prop. All right, uh, PG saw so with four and a half rebound line. He's over in thirty out of fifty games. He's averaging five point three rebounds per game this year. Um, as we know, Paul George, he's been on a minute restriction for a little bit. I mean, the dude played in the All Star game. Growing clearly isn't uh clearly isn't bothering him a ton, right? So yeah, uh, and also like in his last game. Uh, before the All-Star break, he had 33 minutes, but there's kind of an asterisk by that, because he fouled out with three minutes left to go, so, um, like, he would have played 36 minutes if uh, if he didn't foul out, so if he was if tylu was cool with him playing 36 minutes, like, that's just, like, 36 minutes is, like, you play 36 minutes, you're not on any type of minute, minute restriction, so, Given the break, given uh, how last game went minute wise, I, I think that I would just be shocked if he had any minute restriction going forward. Quite frankly, and especially in this game, man, uh, it's a two point spread against OKC. This game could have big uh, playoff implications or seeding implications. Um, so yeah, they're gonna want to have their players out there. They're, they really want to win this game. Two point spread. Both teams really want to win this game. I mean, this game just should be like very competitive and uh, should lead to good minutes. Should lead to good uh, to Tyloo wanting to play PG, good minutes. And why that is important, because with 30 or more minutes, he's over in 24 out of 37 games. Um, I also like the matchup. So, Zubac, I was very close to playing it under, but uh, I didn't. You know, I wussied up. <laughs> Zubac, he can be a rebound hog sometimes. Uh, OKC is, like, literally the perfect team to go small against. Zubac is very, like, heavy-stepping, slow-footed. Uh, you don't – Chet, obviously, like, he's very skinny, stretches the floor. Like, I I just don't think – like, you also don't need to put a big man on Chet because of his strength, right? So, OKC is, like, a perfect team to go small against. And, like, Ty Lue is probably the most willing coach in the NBA to play a small ball lineup. So, I really don't see a ton of Zoom minutes here, which obviously is good because we don't want zoo in all the rebounds. Um, also, OKC is a team – like, their weakness – great team. Their weakness is rebounding. Uh, last seven games, they lost seventh most rebounds per game. Uh, OKC, like, obviously they're a much better team now, but they've been a bad rebounding team the past couple of years. Um, don't have data to back that up. Just source. Trust me, bro. Since 2021, I don't know how relevant this is, but PG, he's had seven, five, nine, seven, seven, four, and seven rebounds versus OKC. He has seven and four this year. And, uh, the, the four was in a blowout loss with only 29 minutes. So obviously like blowout loss is not going to, it's going to be tough to hit any type of overs in that but yeah uh just finished finished one shot in that game so yeah pg great hit rate um i think that we're getting slightly a low number because of the cause of the uh restriction that he was on but really don't expect that to be the case moving forward and uh just yeah thunder are not a good rebounding team and um the clippers likely very very likely go small ball um at some point in the second half here so like that as well Next up, I'm going to back the big fellow from New Orleans who doesn't start the second half a lot. <laughs> but uh, I took Jonas Valanchunas over uh, 10.5 points, minus 125 at DK. Uh, this one was also locked in very recently, so let's hope this one did not move. Okay, perfect. Minus 120 at 365, minus 125 at FanDuel, um, minus 128 at Caesar, so still pretty widely available. So why am I backing Mr. Uh, Larry Nance has started the second half? <laughs> uh, I'm backing him. Like I said, man, uh, minutes have been bad recently. But, like, if you look at those games, um, he had really bad plus-minuses compared to how the team fared. Um, so, yeah, and he also suffered a calf injury somewhat recently in one of those games. He didn't miss any games, but maybe he was uh, being held back a little bit for his minutes due to the calf injury. But obviously he got the break now, should be... Good to go. Uh, versus Houston with Larry Nance this year. And why I'm saying Larry Nance is because Larry Nance can affect his minutes big time. Um, with Versus Houston with Nance this year. He's... Er, fuck, I don't think this is this year. Okay. <laughs> versus Houston with Larry Nance over his last four games. He's played 34, 33, 29, and 33 minutes over those last four games. Including playing 29 and 33 minutes. Versus Houston with... Larry Nance is here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, that's important. Minutes are very important. Uh, Valanciunas, he struggles to stay on the court versus like athletic individual matchups, which is not Sengun. And he also struggles to play on the court against teams that are elite in the pick and roll and run a lot of small ball. And that's just not Houston, man. They want to have Sengun on the court. He's probably the best player. And like Jalen Green, very inefficient in the pick and roll. Fred VanVleet, not great in the pick and roll. Like, this is just like the minutes reflected. Um, this Houston team, he's able to stay on the court against uh he's matched up with Sengun six times since 2023 he's put up 16 22 21 15 10 and 25 points in those contests he's had 15 10 and 25 this year against Sengun. on the year jonas he's over this 10 and a half line in 37 out of 54 games with 11 or more minutes he's averaging 13.8 points per game in those games and yeah, man. So Jonas, he's also an older guy, bigger guy, and I'm sure the rest has helped him a decent amount here as well. So yeah, ten and a half line for Jonas. Sign me up, especially when he's been playing good minutes against a Houston team, even with Larry Nance healthy. Um, yeah, give me, give me, honestly, man, give me, give me twenty two or more minutes here, and uh, I'll live, live with the results. So yeah, that is my eighth and final play. Sum it up here. Um, played Bagley Marvin Bagley of the Wizards over 19.5 points and rebounds, minus 120 at DK. Braun over 38.5 PRA, minus 125 at DK. De'Aaron Fox under 6.5 assists, minus, minus 108 at FanDuel. Jakob Pertl, uh under 12.5 points, minus 105 at DK. Al Horford over 1.5 three-pointers made, plus 114 at FanDuel. Klay Thompson under 16.5 points, minus 118 at FanDuel. Paul George over four and a half rebounds, minus 135 at Caesars. And then Jonas Valanchunas over 10 and a half points, minus 125 at DK. Those are the eight plays. Let's get back on track. Um, honestly, like I said, man, I might end up doing another pod tomorrow because I just like, man, there's so much to fucking like about this slate. And it's so nice that we get all this time to prepare for it. Uh, my personal schedule is pretty open too. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, just got a lot of time to do podcasty things and betty things. So, because of that, lots of plays. Thank you guys for tuning in. You guys have a good rest of your day.